March 8, 2009, West Hollywood, California. A young lesbian is found dead in a pool in a lavish, recently renovated home. That dead young woman in the pool, you ask? Writer, director, executive producer, and carnival fetishist, Jennifer Jenny Schechter. Investigative team's on the way. There was no blood spatter at the crime scene, but by simply looking at her corpse, detectives could immediately tell. This woman was profoundly irritating. The questions immediately pile up. Was Jenny actually friends with any of these partygoers? Who's that woman dressed like a vampire that got lost in the Target little boys section? And why does everyone want to fuck her? Also, why was I not invited to this party? And of course, the biggest question of all, who killed Jenny Schechter? It's been a decade, and none of these questions have been answered. The leads that the LA County Sheriff's Department followed were all dead ends. The case, cold. That's why I'm here to heat it back up again. I'm Casey Casey, and this is Who Killed Jenny Schechter? followed the Jenny Schechter case in the past, you know that the police found a wealth of possible motives for her murder. Indeed, they claim that every single person who was at that party had a credible reason to want to murder Schechter. So what happened? The night she died, Jenny was surrounded by her closest friends. Her girlfriend, Shane McCutcheon, an emotional void. Alice Piazeki, my former boss at KCRW, who decided that meticulously documenting her friends' sex lives was normal. A rich white lady named Helena. Actress Nikki Stevens, who was recently featured on a BuzzFeed list titled 23 Ops Actresses We've Completely Forgot About and Honestly, we're fine with that? And they were all gathered at the home of Bette Porter and her partner... I want to say... Trish? No, that's not right. God. I can see her face, but I just can't. Patsy. Nope. The face I'm thinking of is Patsy Ramsey, so that's actually not... Huh. It'll come to me. Anyway, in this six-part podcast, I'll get to the bottom of who killed Jenny Schechter. Now, did I manage to get an interview with Bette Porter or her friends? No. But, did I get interviews with people vaguely connected to this group of women, including the former 11-year-old little boy who inspired Shane McCutcheon's entire aesthetic? Absolutely. Are you a femme who wants to let other queers know you're down? Tired of having to scream, I'm gay, just so that hot girl registers you as a viable option? Then try WristFix, the monthly subscription of sporty hair ties to keep on your wrists at all times. When you sign up for WristFix, you'll be sent dozens of gorgeous hair ties that all say, my hair was up recently and it might be again soon. For a limited time, WristFix is offering Who Killed Jenny Schechter listeners an extra 30% off their first box with the code JENNA! 
I know what you're thinking. Who is Casey Casey? How does someone with absolutely zero journalism experience launch a true crime podcast? And how am I so tiny? To explain all this, I'd like you to meet my boss. I'm Jaden Crawford, and this is Chill Nation. YouTube sensation Jaden Crawford. He's 19 years old and worth $19 million. <laughs> yeah, that's one mil for every inch of my dick. I was an audio engineer at KCRW for 20 years. It was on the brink of collapse. And then Jaden Crawford decided he wanted to get into podcasting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm going to be the new Ira Glass, except I fuck Casey Casey. Yo, between you and me, everyone at this studio is like so fucking old. It is incredibly trill to have another dude my age here. I'm a 45-year-old woman. <laughs> I don't know what that is. So when this little dude came to me with this whole Kamala Harris story... Bet Porter. For sure. I was like, bleh, and then I fucking pelted him with paintballs. The podcast was greenlit. The investigation commenced. Have you been the victim of Robin in the club? Has a DJ ever played dancing on my own at a particularly vulnerable point in your life? Have you been trampled by a mob of gays rushing to the dance floor during the opening bars of Call Your Girlfriend? You might be entitled to compensation. The professionals at Dan, Dan, and Dan work tirelessly, so those personally victimized by Robin get the justice they deserve. They've collected millions for their clients, so let them fight for you. Don't call your girlfriend. Call the professionals at 1-800-DAN-DANS or visit them online at 3dans.com. Use promo code FANFAVORITE to get 15% off your free consultation. As a West Hollywood lesbian myself, I'd always been aware of Bette Porter's posse, but I was never really friends with them. Actually, when I first moved to L.A., I was on their gay kickball league. They kicked me off for being too competitive. I still kept tabs on them, though. And for the record, they never had a winning season again after I left. After the kickball incident, that gaggle of lesbians just never noticed I was around. But I was there for all of it. Including all those times they were hanging out at this one cafe slash bar slash nightclub slash event venue on Melrose called The Planet. Black coffee for Tina, double espresso for Bet, red eye for Shane. Oh, you look bad. Soy latte for Jenny, passion fruit iced tea for Kit. I stopped by The Planet to catch up with Kelly. She's a barista who's been working there for years. Yeah, I've been working at The Planet since 2004. I quit for a month in 05. My old boss, Marina, kept forcing me into the bathroom where she'd make me compliment her abs while she read Baudelaire poems aloud to me in French. That sounds like a major violation. I didn't feel violated so much as I felt annoyed. Once she saw me reading Harry Potter and she spat on me and stormed off and was spewing obscenities in French... Italian, Spanish, whatever the fuck language she spoke. Anyway, then Kit Porter bought the place, and I've been working here ever since. Melrose is a lot different than it was 15 years ago. I asked Kelly how the planet has managed to stay open after all these changes. Since all the lesbians moved to the east side, we have Kickstarters once a month to stay open. Huh. Isn't the point of a Kickstarter to, like, kickstart a project once? 
Now, we also let Shane open a streetwear pop-up for a while. There's just a bunch of shredded-up Harley-Davidson t-shirts. After an hour of small talk, I asked Kelly to get to the point. Could she shine some light on Bette Porter and Jenny Schechter's crew? Wait, that woman is running for mayor? How? She's been four hours here every morning, literally just scowling at her friends. Every morning, she'd walk in in a blazer, order an espresso, and say, I'm very busy, and then just sit here until, like, noon. Do you think these women were all genuinely friends? Oh, Jesus, that's a loaded question. I mean, none of them actually seemed to like each other. There's that trans guy they all repeatedly said fucked up shit to. And there was that one girl who was bi, and they basically bullied her out of dating men again? Like, ever? That was weird. There was that tennis player friend of theirs who died. That was sad. What a waste. She was such a fan favorite. What? What? Uh, Hmm. I needed to know one thing. Did Kelly really think any of these women had the capacity to kill Jenny Schechter? Could I emphasize any more words? Oh, absolutely. It could have been any of them. I think everyone in West Hollywood had a motive to kill Jenny Schechter, honestly. Did you know her? Not really. But I was riding one of the beluga whales at that aquarium where she fucked that one guy. Well, Jenny Schechter was messy. She wasn't afraid of making enemies. And after she died, everyone just kind of went about their business as usual. That sentiment came up a lot in my reporting. Once Jenny died, all these women just continued living life like nothing had happened. Shane continued to have a truly inexplicable amount of sex. Bette continued to refer to herself only as Mama B. Alice continued to wear t-shirts over pinstriped button-ups, despite it not being the year 2003. But still, ten years later, the question persists. Who killed Jenny Schechter? That's all for today. This episode was produced by me, Casey Casey, for reasons I will uncover in therapy one day. Follow us on Patreon, where you'll have access to content you won't find here on the podcast, including an exclusive interview with a straight woman named Shane, just to see what that's all about for her. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Tune in next week, where we learn more about Jenny Schechter, the subject of this podcast, and the woman who single-handedly inspired the Emily the Strange brand. I'm Casey Casey, and this is Who Killed Jenny Schechter on Chill Nation. season on Who Killed Jenny Schechter. She was a terrible person with zero accountability and she was dangerously delusional. She was like, where'd you get that shirt? And I'd be like, uh, Quicksilver for tots. Sorry I'm late. They tried to tow my car with me in it. They said they thought I was a blazer hanging on an orchid. Dana says she's, quote, been stuck in a fucking waterfall. I was Tina Kennard's personal live-in poncho weaver from 2004 to 2009. Tina! Tina! Tina, God. (laughs) So obvious now, thinking back. It's not Patsy. (laughs) Tina's her name. 